I caused my parents irreparable spiritual mental uh, pain my mother slept the best <clears throat> when I was in jail <laughs> but I don't know you know, like I got sent away at 15. I came back, it was only three years later, now I got a needle in my arm. It, it's, and, I, and my life basically was over as I knew it. Um, and I really do, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, uh, to the cops. There are uh, just a ton of good cops, man, who, who just, who really didn't want to arrest me, who really rather had seen me straightened out not even close, just beyond remorseful. I have a lot of whew, full of regrets. Full of, now I used to be, I used to be pretty swift, but I am clearly handicapped now. I've handicapped myself. Um, I have no memory. Um, say the question again, Roger. So, and I am not here to say. I got the Kool-Aid, because I don't. I just want to say I'm sorry. Sorry beyond articulation. Joe Yannese did this to Joe Yannese. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for rescuing me. Anyone that I that that I've affected, ill affected, God, I'm just sorry. I've used against my will for probably the last, at least, definitely ten years. There's no magic solution. I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick of prison. God, I am so sick of prison. I don't want to tell you how I was. It, it was that bad. I did cocaine till it just, till I couldn't go anymore. I, I, there's no magic solution. There were times I was up eight days. Eight days. Complete hallucinations. Complete. Seeing shit that just wasn't there. God forgive me, I've been arrested about 50 times. I'm gonna tell you I'm looking in the eye right now and tell you I got arrested maybe 17 times I was arrested out of them 50. The other 33, I was rescued. I put my mother through more pain. selfish that is the core of an, of an addict that is the core that is all of it and uh, I, I don't want to take no more man I ain't taking anymore I, uh...
never want to give the appearance that I am N.A. and what I'm doing is what N.A. does. Not even close. Um, as I said, I use marijuana. Have been for the last almost two years. I just don't use narcotics. I don't use booze, pills, blah, blah, blah. And I will never, ever not want to go to an NA meeting. Even if I don't stay long, it doesn't matter. There are two or three particular meetings around the city. There are a ton of them, but for me, a few that have people in them that I just love, respect, admire, go to if and know that I can always go to for counseling and or if I get a niche on my ass. And there are a couple of real particular ones. They're young, man. Roger, you couldn't tell me shit at nine. I stopped listening. These kids, I think they got in when they were 25 or this one particular one. I don't want to say his name because I haven't, I, you know, it's just not right. Um, I, I, I love him. I, I look up to him. He's 30 years old. He came from dope. There's two of them. Uh, dope fiends to, you know, I don't even like that name, but from using heroin um, uncontrollably to owning homes to having gainful employment to getting married to having a child to being a freaking great father. I love this kid. So that's my N.A. Um, I go to N.A. because I got love for people, and there's people there that I, I know got love for me. Once a week I play poker with the N.A. boys. Um, and that's always, you know, fun. Um, and during layoff, I go, to, I go to a meeting here and there. Rarely stay for the whole thing. Usually go half hour late and maybe stay for the whole thing the other hour. Um, and it's not e even as if I'm there for any particular reason, like, oh man, I feel like using today. That, I don't want to say it's been completely lifted, but God has definitely lifted the instantaneous compulsion that you know, I, I, I don't even, you know, I, Roger, I've used against my will. And I know this sounds crazy. You would have to, an NA person would understand this. They understand it the best. Um, I've used against my will for probably the last, at least definitely 10 years. Because um, it's been these last five, six, seven um, that I've tried to really apply myself, even though I'm not doing it the NA way and the AA way, um, which every doctor, every clinician would tell me, tell you, he's never going to make it. How hard is a single day? Way easier than it used to be, man. Way Can you easier. walk us through what yes. you do on a daily basis? Yes. Depending on the time of year, summertime I work. I don't use marijuana before work. So what's a work day like? What do you, work day. You go um, early? I go in very early. I work out of town um, most, most, most of the year. And um, I get home, I work hard, get home, maybe go to a meeting for a couple minutes, take, take care of my mother. My, my father just passed away a while ago. Um, just make sure my mother's straight. And... Um, Pretty much work and go to bed, but the main thing is waking up in the morning, Roger. And I literally, first thing I say is, Lord, thanks for waking my punk ass up another day. God is my judge. Like Robin Williams on Good Morning Vietnam. First fucking thing I say, I do a couple crunches and bend up so my lower back don't feel. I say, Lord, thank you for waking my punk ass up another day. And then I get out of bed, still like I was in prison. I can make my bed while I'm in it and the institutional thing still going on. Immediately get on my knees and just ask God, thank him, first of all, just for my life. 
And uh, and I talked to him like a homeboy. I let him know, you know, you know I'm a sick fuck. You know, you gotta... <clears throat> left to my own devices. <laughs> we know. So, Lord, just please carry me. I know I'm fucking heavy, man. But I need you. And I also have been finding myself saying... Um, I'm helping you, trying to help me, <laughs> you know, because I was one of them guys, it's just going to happen. Just, you know how long I've been waiting for it to just fucking happen? Fools do that, you know. Um, lazy people. But, um, but that brings up a point. Do you feel, when you were a kid and, and as you got older, do you think you were being selfish? Hmm. By using drugs? Everything. Oh my God. The core. Now, I'm not an NA quoter either. There are people brilliant. Like I said, I want to say this again. I am not affiliated with NA. I'm not an NA poster child at all, or AA. I don't. They have a completely different way of doing things. Obviously, a brilliant way of doing things because there are people that are just thriving. To quote a friend who knows every word in it, absolutely. Every drug addict, any drug addict is a selfish bastard. Period. Period. Do you still feel selfish? Yes. For having, for my... for all I've left in <coughs> my many wakes. Yeah, I don't, uh, <clears throat> had a hard time with, it's a disease. Since I was 19, this, it's not a fucking disease. I feel selfish now just because of, like I said, all the, the wreckage of my past. But it's a different kind. No, it's. Yeah, it's a different kind of stuff. You know, I'm not taking anymore. That's the main thing. It's not about me. It's not about, you know, the phone, the, the going to get it, the, the lying, the, you know. I got six sisters, two brothers. There, there's no more of that shit, no more for me. But I still feel selfish because in the beginning especially, I, I don't know if this would make sense to you, but back then... I didn't believe in the disease theory. I thought it was lack of character, lack of toughness, lack of will, lack of fucking pride. How the fuck am I in this place, man? Um, you didn't so, want to admit it was a disease. N no, I didn't. No, it's not about not wanting to admit it. I would imagine. Uh, Drug addicts in general, well, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for others. No, it's not that I didn't want to admit it. I didn't believe it. I thought it was me, man. I didn't think this was something that I couldn't control. But though I, I'm seeing it right in front of me, uh, you know, I see that I can't control it. I've exhausted all methods of using. But looking back now, you're able to, to, to say... Oh, selfish. Yes. Absolutely. And that, it, and, and that it is a disease. Yes. Yes. Are you still having a hard time with that? Right now I am, for these last almost couple years, I've been straight. Not having a hard time. Just wondering, why the fuck couldn't I have done this? Why, why isn't the feeling, this feeling... Of conquering. Yeah, why didn't it come... Like the last, I, I, you know, it's just so confusing and, and I don't try to figure it out no more, man. I wake up, I ask God to help me. One day. Just give me 24, man. And if I'm driving and I'm tight or something went wrong, because I, I Roger, I can't tell, here's, here's my reason for marijuana. All the... Like I said, the professionals will call it an excuse, and God bless you, and, I, and I'm not going to refute you. I'm not here to do that. Anger is my most expensive 
It's beyond expensive. I can't afford anger. Anger has sent me to a needle and spoon, to a joint, to a beer, which is going to, back then, and always, alcohol will lead me to cocaine. I may get away with it a weekend, two weekends, three weekends. It's going to get me. So that was my, my reason for the, the, the smoking marijuana um, these last couple, almost couple years. And um, the anxiety. I have a zillion triggers that can go off at any day. There's a place on Court Street. I used to walk down the street, uh, sheltered workshop. Like in New York City, them little grates where the air comes up. I'm walking past there, and I get this smell, and oh my, you know, it just was bone chilling. It was ether, and the stuff that we used to get was ether based, and it was powerful and deadly and just mind blowing. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff that can affect my day, but for the most part. Loneliness right now is killing me, killing me. But I remember I went out and used it, not an excuse, but I mean, I, my, my good friend said, why? He sat me down. And I said, I said, I'm fucking lonely, man. I'm fucking lonely. And he looked at me, he said, you mother, you know, and started going in on me. He said, you're not lonely. He says, you lost your fucking gratitude. That's what you did. You lost it. You're not fuck. You don't know fucking lonely. You lost your gratitude. So today, I tell God I'm grateful at least two to six times a day, and thankful, and blessed. And every time, and I hope it ends soon. When I'm on my cigarette trip to PA, I look at the big sky, and I talk to him, and just tell him how wonderful I feel, and. Uh, just a lot of stuff has happened that is just unbelievable. Um, I've had hepatitis C for a long, long time, and it has just started to affect me. Um, without getting to all that, I just took the, the that drug Maverick, an eight-week treatment. Now, I had already taken <clears throat> interferon twice, 20 and 30 years ago, an however many years ago it was. And uh, while I was in prison, and it didn't work. So it's getting a little scary, but not so scary that I'm, I mean, I really was already, like I told you, I didn't expect to get to 25. So I certainly wasn't, oh, you know, because uh, you know, I got some bad news about my liver. And uh, thank God I got a beautiful little niece that guides me through and my sisters guide me through. I got sisters in medical, you know, they do whatever. They're not nurses or anything, but um, I'm just thankful, man. I'm not going to lose my gratitude. Uh, and the triggers that go off, I, I really literally try to put myself, because I know where I'm at. I know where I'm ending. And I know where I'm ending on a good night. See, I, I won't, I, I won't, I don't even go any further then because I know where I'm really going to end up because after a few of them copping goes and nobody knows, that's not lasting. It never has. It's impossible. Joe, I wanted to ask you about, I know your anger got you into some other trouble as well besides the drugs, and that was uh, violence. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And, and did the drugs have anything to do with that incident? That I know you spent some... Yeah. Um, I think that's a cop-out. Um, I hit a girl. Period. Dead wrong. And I'm certainly not going to sit here and... Uh, it's really hard to describe what would have set me to that um, without and it's not right to do to her. So, I'm wrong, dead fucking wrong. Um, ashamed, I have six sisters. 
I was me too long before it was in vogue. Because you couldn't say nothing to my sisters. And I'm talking, whew. Since I was old enough to fight, man. Since I was old enough to swing. Protected up. Or since I was old enough to pick something up. Yeah. And the older ones. Not just my baby sisters. My sister. <laughs> and that's another thing about you, Joe, is you, you seem to love very hard. You seem to do everything to the... Utmost extreme. It's funny how you say that, man, because it's it's not even like something I can measure or gauge or or control. And doesn't that give you hope in that you know when you put your mind to something, you do it to the extreme, and that could be good things. And and here's the sad part: I've never started and finished something ever in my life ever I, I don't recall of any substance of or of any significance for myself and or my future you know I've I've I was on that highway job for six years they let me go five times five times now yes I'm a good worker but they also love me but that brings us, I think, to the next, and I think, final topic, and that is, because we're going to have you back when you finish your book. Okay. So you say you haven't start started and finished anything. I can't wait for you to write this book and finish it. And I think, actually, by putting it out there like you are, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of making myself accountable because I try to pick up a guitar, not guitar, I had the best guy, God, probably world, no, I don't know about world renowned, but David Robbins, I'm sure he won't mind me saying his name, I love him, from downtown Binghamton, Susquehanna Street, um, prolific, prolific pianist, and I tried to take piano lessons because I thought it would help me, and it's something I always wanted to do, I, I just, there's something wrong with me, you know, it's, it's, um, it's the effects of all the, I mean, because God, I, I, I'd like to tell you that I was, you know, I, I don't want to tell you how I was. It, it was that bad. I did cocaine till it just, till I couldn't go anymore. There were times I was up eight days. Eight days. Complete hallucinations. Complete. Seeing shit that just wasn't there. Um, so, like I said, back to the brain picture. That's frustrating, it's real frustrating, but I did it. And that's the bottom line. Just like when you go to, when I went to prison, you go in a cell, what are, what are you gonna do? You ain't going, you know, you're not going anywhere. What are you gonna do? Or you either do the time or let the time do you, or you kill yourself. In my humble opinion, and I, and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and any and, and coming from a drug addict has probably been there 4,000 times but not out of a sad thing I wanted to like end my life to fucking give my mother a better one honest many times just thinking just give her one last you know it'll just rock her world and then my sisters everybody pick up the pieces and she'll carry on I wrote a song about it. But anyways, I asked my mother a question many years later. Not many years later, I'm still in addiction. And I said, let me tell you something, you're, you're, you know that you're the reason why I, you know, blah, blah, you know, because otherwise, she said, Joseph, I would never live another happy day in my life. So, <clears throat> and I remember hearing at the dinner table one time, and this never left me my older brother, our cousin in Buffalo, killed himself. Um, we weren't real tight, but we were, I loved, we loved each other. We visited once in a while. And I don't recall what my brother said. I think my brother said coward. And that stuck with me. And that stuck me at Berkshire Farm when shit got tight, when I know 
you know what, I'm going to be leaving this building, I'm going to be leaving this gym, or I'm going to this gym, and this person's going to be wanting it, and we're going to go buck up. And it's crazy. I hear it, and I hear it a lot. I don't got the guts to kill myself. I don't got the guts to kill myself. And I keep, and I look at these people and say, guts. I said, the tough motherfucker wakes up the next, looks in the mirror and says, you know what, man? Let's do it again. Yeah. The punk kills himself. Right. And I'm sorry if that hurts feelings. I don't mean, that's too harsh a word. I just think the tough guy fights another day. So, I, I feel we should leave the subject of the book to the ne when you're done with it, so we could really get into that. There's a lot more to tell here, but what a great entree into who you are, taking uh, responsibility. Um, look, I'm so glad I met you. Glad I met you too, Roger. Yeah, and it's only been Very a couple glad. of weeks, and I'm and I, and I have to say I'm proud that you're doing this, that you're. You're on this mission that you've been wanting to write a book for 40 years, and here you are, and you're putting in the work, and you will get it done, and I'll push you as hard as I can to help make that happen, and we'll, we'll talk about that. I need it. <laughs> so just a, a, a couple of things to wrap up, Joe. Um, we talked about how difficult it is, uh, you know, day to day, right? But is it is it getting better? And, and, and Oh, Again, I want to help as many people, parents out there that are that are struggling during this time. What advice do you have for people that might be struggling with drugs, alcohol, any type of addiction? I, I, I it, it's just soul searching. It's just for me. You, you gotta. I, I think maybe you think about what your end is. I could never like they have a. They say it in NA a lot. Play the tape out. I know where my tape is, where it ends. I'm in prison. People have to just, I guess, find their prison, find their place that they don't want to return to, that they know this certain behavior makes happen. Otherwise, it's, 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 it's difficult. And for those who haven't started, oh, my Lord, Jesus. Why would you want to get a bag of dope in you? Um, I, I, I just don't know. I know it has gotten way easier. I, that I can say. <clears throat> it's a hell of a lot easier than it was. Um, and I really firmly believe that God has, for the most part, Removed my com my compulsion, just just lifted it, um, and instead of romanticizing and uh, fantasizing <clears throat> and glamorizing the night you're gonna, you know what you could be doing, you know with your particular drug of choice and with who and the surroundings and all that beautiful great stuff you're thinking is great, you you gotta fight, you gotta you gotta make it not so great no more. It's it's just really difficult. It's a difficult thing. Um, once you're in, it's hard. And then if you're, you know, depending on the severity, I guess. I mean, it's like they say, some are sicker than others. I am. I'm I'm one of them. Some I'm sick. I don't. Uh, the here's a real good one. God forgive me, I've been arrested about 50 times. And you've already gone into about the incarceration thing. I'm going to tell you, I'm looking in the eye right now, and tell you I got arrested maybe 17 times I was arrested out of them 50. The other 33, I was rescued. That's why I'm here. Uh, not a doubt in my mind. Rescued, man. Um, saved from myself. Ain't, don't have a bad thing to say about the DAs, the cops, the lawyers. I did this. Um, 
And if I don't go out there, and like if I leave here now and go out and go to some place and something bad happens, and it's not my fault, it's not my fault, I didn't do nothing, let me, let me go. I put myself there. I have to be ready for all of the streets surprises. And I'm too old, man. Uh, forget about too old. I'm just too, uh, I'm tired, man. I don't want to go back to prison anymore. God, I don't want to go back to prison anymore. Um, I don't want to go back. I don't want a cop to put me in the back of a car ever again. I don't want to ever. Um, so the only advice I would have, and far be it for me to give advice, because here I am at 57, and I've known about NA for, and, and let's say recovery and all that stuff. And what do I got? A little less than two years? So that's got to tell you something. I'm, I'm really not your, your guy. You want to you wanna find out. You go, there's, there's a, if, if I sat here for 30 seconds, I could count the meetings for you real quick in the course of a day. That's where you go get help. I appreciate you saying that, actually. But how important is it to change or remove yourself from the people oh. that... Gotta. Gotta happen. You're not going over without it. That's the kind of advice like I'm talking about. Oh. What, 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 what do you... Jeez, I can't tell you how many times I got out of... Well, how, I, how many times I've got out of jail and prison. So every time I would get out of either, let, let's just keep it on Front Street. I probably have five years there. Five years. If you count everything, 30 days, 90 days, weekends, I got a couple years, a, a year one, a, another year one, a half a year. When I was introduced to NA long ago, NAA, um, and that is certainly accurate because when I used to get out, I'd be going right to the same places. And there's a funny thing that they say in those, those uh, fellowships. Um, you go to the barbershop long enough, you're going to get your hair cut soon. You know, one of the times you're going to get your hair cut. So my problem, I could never give up. There are guys, Roger, that I love and they're, some are dead. Um, I couldn't get, I couldn't give them up. And, uh, which kept me sick. And, um, and that went on for a long time, man, a long time. I just wouldn't, I'd come down here and, you know, with all the best intentions and, Many, many times got out of jail at midnight, had my boy in the parking lot with a needle full of... That happened often. Joe, if you were to take out your cell phone right now mm. and call the 16-year-old Joe or the 20-year-old Joe, what would you tell him? 16... One word. Hard. Hard. Hard to think of this. But what I tell myself at 16. I don't even know. Listen. Listen. Don't be. You know, I'm not a one-man island. I put myself in places where I had to be one man island. <clears throat> 20, God, Jesus. 20. Right now, what would I tell myself at 20? Do you see how stuck I am, Roger? I don't know. I mean, I could come up with all kinds of nice stuff, I guess.
you know, all the right stuff. And, and, and that is what I want to say, but I don't know why it's not coming out. And I guess it's the same thing if, if, if you're walking down the street, if you're at a friend's house and someone pulled a 20-year-old aside and said, hey, this kid needs help. What do you, what do you, I mean, what do we tell these kids? Oh, How do we help them? I've had a couple friends that I went to school with who have um, asked, you know, come and talk to me. Fortunately, they found me at a time and I was okay. Um, I, I'm raw, like this particular friend. I talked to him and I said, listen, do, do you want to stop? Because here's what it boils down to, man. Do you want to stop? I, I just, you know what? I just did this a month ago. One of my childhood friends, nephews, <clears throat> who I love, knows his mother, knows his entire family. And let's, okay, so here we go. Do you want, here's what I would do. Do you want to stop? Yes, this is what I've done, rather. Okay, come on, jump in. And I take him right to Pine Street. And to this day as we speak, I got a friend there at the detox who would break rules or jeopardize, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I can have a talk, and, you know, and, and you got to call the number every hour um, for a bed. And that's where I leave it. Listen, my Irish grandpa used to tell me, fish your cup bait. I, and, and, and it may be, appear to be really callous the way I just explained that, having been through what all I've been through. But it's it, that's it. There's just no other way. You wanna stop, you gotta fucking listen to somebody, man. You gotta listen to some. I went to a rehab, I went to New Horizons. I was there four hours, group therapy. You gotta talk about yourself from whenever, I left. You didn't want it? No. No. You weren't ready? No. Judge Robert Couton, great guy. Gave me the break in my life, thanks to Ricky Pace and my family. And, and uh, that girl that I met at school at Central that time, her father made the world a difference, I'm sure, by sending a letter on my behalf. So. Judge Couton gave me an option of going to the penitentiary at 18 or going to Phoenix House in New York City. Now, mind you, I started injecting cocaine in the summer of 1980 when I was 18. I was already on my way to prison in October of 1980 while I was still 18. That's how swiftly, that should give you some idea of how whacked I became, immediately addicted. So I went to Phoenix House, roughest, toughest, oh my goodness gracious. Today's day and age Phoenix House is Disneyland, complete Disneyland. Um, I was at Phoenix House when they were pretty much a draconian theory of addiction recovery. They humiliate, degrade, dissolve you. Like the wicked witch when they throw water on her and build you from the ashes that I believe, I don't you definitely couldn't quote me. I know they don't do that anymore. No so that was kind of abolished I think. But yeah, I've been through some wow. Psychotherapy funerals and all kinds of crazy. It comes crazy down stuff. to you have to be you have to be you, ready. Yes. Yeah. And all I did there was game. I stayed out of all harm's way. Judge Couchon gave me an ultimatum. You start and finish Phoenix House or else. Did you? No. <laughs> of course I did. 
I was hoping I could have found something that you started and finished. <laughs> no, I, I wish I wish Raj. I'm I'm not making no no I know I know gosh, Raj, my skin is like gator man. Don't worry about me. Um. So I went through a hell house band where they shut all everything is black. Every window. Every possession, clocks, radio, nothing. You don't know what time it is, what day it is. It's on and on and on therapy. But anyways, so I got a home leave. I, did, I couldn't get a home leave like the regular people in New York City because they would get day passes where they would, after X amount of days, you'd get uh, an escort. Somebody's been in the program longer. And you can go home for eight hours or, you know, do whatever. Well, I couldn't. So, but in eight months, from the time my father dropped me off there in New York, West 72nd Street, my brother Mike was getting married. And that was the last thing he said to me. He goes, you know, he hugged me. He goes, listen, do good, all right? You know, because you're going to be in the wedding. So, I did. I came home. They let me come home after eight months, go to the wedding. And I brought an escort with me, and um, I went back, and maybe a week or two went by, and I don't want to be there no more. <laughs> so, whatever happened, happened. And uh, I left, but this guy, I'll never forget him as long as I, I've had some really special moments in my life. Not like miraculous or anything, but this guy named Art Marooney. Now, all the staff there were hardcore heroin addicts, 98% of them. All the, my fellow, my fellow patient, whatever you want to call them, my peers in the rehab were trying to hold me back. You know, I already had my bag packed. I'm in Yorktown Heights. And Art, and I'm walking out the front door, Joe, don't go, you know they're going to put you in there. I don't give a fuck. And Art said, listen. He goes, come on, just come on to my office. Let's call your probation officer. He, Joe, if you walk in, the minute you walk out, before you get to the highway, I'm going to have to already have called the cops or I lose my job. So I did. And I talked this guy into it. I don't know how the fuck I did it. I you said, talked him into what? I said, I'm, uh... I don't know what he said when he got, well, Art had the discussion with him, what was going on, and then he I, put me on the phone, and this is the guy that took me to Berkshire Farm, same dude, um, and he's, I said something to the effect that I'll get my GD within the first two weeks of coming home, and I'll get a job, and he let it go, and like on the phone, late in the day, Without the judge's permission, obviously. So, I did do that. What? Hey, hey! I came <laughs> home and I went to Blue Ridge Mountain, whatever high school. Twenty bucks. The last grade I completed, ridiculously low. Pressure. Two of my sister's girlfriends were there. I'll never forget. Um, they got out. I heard them screaming in the hall because they corrected the same day. You pay X amount of dollars, blah, blah, blah. So now the pressure's really on. But I passed it. I got my GED. And I was arrested three days later in a hotel drug raid. Which had nothing to do with me. But I was there. And I was down with it. Wasn't none of my money making. I wasn't getting anything. I was just going to get some free drugs. So there we go again. So I heard you say earlier that you know how you don't want it to end, and that's in prison. How do you want to live out the rest of your days? Wow. Something I've given a lot of thought to, and anybody that's close to me knows. I just, I want to be in peace. I don't, uh, I don't ever want to be... Um, I don't want to be the slave to nothing ever again. Um, I willingly 
complete, willingly, voluntarily gave up all these years. Um, I don't want to be in a police car. I don't want to, I, I just don't want none of it. I want to, I got four, four, I call them the great ones, and one coming, so that'll be five um, great nephews and nieces. I missed all my nieces and nephews stuff growing up. I didn't know how it affected them. I know at one point my brother didn't even want me to, I, I think it was something to this effect that, you know, you, you fuck my kids up, man. You know, you come home and you, you come over, you're happy and everybody, you know, they love you and this and that and then you're fucking gone, man, for another year, two, three, whatever. Or worse, you're in the city, whacked out somewhere. So, and um, I put my mother through more pain. Um, that all, <clears throat> all eight of my brothers and sisters put together beyond the shadow of a doubt, beyond the shadow of a doubt. And uh, my father, they never, never gave up. And uh, I got to be honest, I would have a long time ago. Um, I just want to join my, I'm lonely as hell. I would like to find a girlfriend and all that groovy stuff. Um, and I used to let that really affect me. I've been celibate for two years, minus a week in Texas, and a visit here with an old crush. Um, I will never put my mother through another sleepless night. <clears throat> I want my mother to feel safe, you know, that I'm upstairs. Safer and more confident. And uh, I just noticed these are things that just, um, well, I, before I get too far off to that, I don't want to be that dude anymore. I don't want to walk into places and have it be like an E.F. Hutton commercial from the 70s. Um, it's embarrassing. I, I'll be honest, back in the day, and maybe once in a while, even today, because I really don't mess with too many people. Um, I'm all right with, you know, stay away from that fucking guy, because most of the time it's people I don't want to be around anyway. Um, I just don't ever want to return to that life, because Roger, um, like you asked me about, is it, do you feel selfish? That is the core of an, of an addict. That is the core. That is all of it. And uh, I, I don't want to take no more, man. I ain't taking anymore. I, uh, I believe, and before I get way off to like I'm this real terrible evil villain, nothing like that. But I certainly, certainly didn't do the right things all my life. And um, this isn't... Uh, This isn't anyone's idea. This isn't, this didn't come out of the sky. This is something I've lived it all my life. I've already, I've always knew. I don't know, maybe is, is it the right, a day of reckoning? Um, I'm just not gonna be controlled by a substance. I can't. I'm having, I already see the marijuana, the end coming soon. I'm not gonna make any excuses for it. Anger and anxiety, it helped me these last couple of years. It really helped me. Um, but I also know with the already problematic stuff I've got going on in my brain, it's not helping it. it you know, and I don't overuse it. God, the stuff that they got today, I, it's two puffs and I'm good. I'm mellow. Um, I just wanna, I want people to say my name and it not be so infamous. Well, Joe, look. I can't wait to have you back. 
Um, number one, we're cheering for you. Thanks, man. Uh, cannot wait to help you with this book. That's going to be a big project. I can't either. I'm, I'm very grateful. And, and at the end of the day, look, um, we appreciate you sharing with us because a lot of people in your position would not be doing this. I could tell you that for a fact. So I commend you for that. We appreciate you sharing. We're going to help a lot. Of, we're going to help thousands of people from them listening to your story and, and the sincerity that you're offering. So I appreciate that. But more than anything, you know what? You, the new Joe is here, right? I mean, a new day has Trying. come. Yeah. And, and new movie. A new movie. That's right. And, and we're, we're cheering you on. And I cannot wait for this book to come out. So thanks I'm so much excited. for coming on. Really and we'll have you on again. Thank you for having me. Thanks. To receive bonus footage and behind-the-scenes images, click on the link in the show notes to subscribe. Thanks for tuning in to American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me at Podcast Your Passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.